Sefer Shmot, Parshat Va'era, on the four languages of redemption. At the end of last week's Torah portion, Moshe expresses doubt and frustration to God about his mission to free the Israelites. So far, his efforts have only made things worse for the people. So at the beginning of this week's portion, Parshat Va'era, God gives Moshe a message of promise to bring to the Israelites. God says, Say, therefore, to the Israelite people, I am Hashem, I will free you from the labors of the Egyptians and deliver you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and through extraordinary chastisements. And I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am your God who freed you from the labors of the Egyptians." A sequence of four verbs stands out in these verses. God promises the people, I will free and deliver, I will redeem, I will take. These four actions are known as the Arba Lashonot Geula, the four languages of redemption. The Jerusalem Talmud explains that these four terms are the reason we drink four cups at the Passover Seder. The four cups of wine represent these four different ways of talking about liberation. The words in Hebrew are one, hotseti, to take out, like we say hamotzi lechem min ha'aretz, who draws bread out of the land. Two, hitzalti, to rescue, like the Jewish ambulance service, hatzala. Three, ga'alti, to redeem, like the messianic ge'ula, the final redemption. And finally, four, lakachti, to take, like taking an object or also taking a spouse in marriage. There have been different interpretations over the generations as to the significance of these four terms. What does it mean to have four different types of liberation? Or perhaps four different stages to achieve liberation or four different components or attributes of liberation or four different spheres in which a liberatory process occurs? I want to explore a few different ways that this set of four phrases has been interpreted and discuss how these interpretations can teach us ways to understand our own liberatory work. Revavadia Sforno, who lived in Italy in the 15th and 16th centuries, explains that each phrase in the verses is a promise about a different step in the physical process of leaving Egypt. Hotseti, I will take you out from under the labors, refers to the plagues. Hitsauti, I will deliver you from their bondage, refers to exiting Ramses in Egypt. Ga'alti, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and through extraordinary chastisements, refers to the drowning of the Egyptians in the sea, because at, the, at that moment their enslavers perished, explains Forno, the Israelites were no longer even escaped slaves. Lakachti, I will take you refers to the revelation of the Torah at Sinai. Sforno's interpretation reads the words as one liberatory action after the other, milestone events along the narrative of the Exodus. Sforno can teach us that each incomplete step along our journeys is already a form of liberation, but also that each step is not itself sufficient, and there are more steps that we must build toward. Sforno invites us to celebrate and be grateful for our accomplishments, each one in its time, each different from the others, and at the same time to continue always to strive for the next goal. We can learn a different interpretation from Beno Jacob, who was a liberal Central European rabbi, 
and Bible scholar of the 19th and early 20th centuries. Nechama Leibovitz paraphrases and explains Jacob's reading of the four languages of redemption. This reading asks us the question, when we are fighting for liberation in this world, what different emotions are motivating our actions? Hotseti, I will free you from the labors of the Egyptians, Leibowitz and Jacob explain, is a promise motivated by tzedek, justice. Or indeed, by outrage and injustice, the oppressive labors Egypt inflicted upon Israel. When do we take action out of a sense of justice, a drive for what is right and fair, or similarly out of outrage and injustice? The next verb, hitzalti, I will del deliver you from their bondage, is an act of divine rachamim, mercy. When does our motivation come instead from a place of mercy, of sympathy for the downtrodden and care for the future? The next term, ga'alti, I will redeem you, is the same word that is used for the legal requirement to bail out a family member who has come on hard times. In our activism, when are we driven by a sense of kinship and solidarity? When do we feel responsible for our redemptive work in the same way a person feels responsible for their own family? The last term, lakachti, I will take you to me, is, Leibowitz says, the most intimate, expressing God's love for us. When do we feel our work of liberation is growing out of pure love? Love for humanity, love for human individuals, love for the world, and love for the divine. All four of these emotional motivations, justice, mercy, kinship, and love, have an important place in God's own process of liberating us. And they each have a place for us in our own divinely assigned work of redeeming the world. Aside from transmitting and explaining Jacob's teaching, Nechama Leibovitz, a 20th century Latvian-Israeli Bible teacher, offers her own insights about our four languages of redemption. The first phrase is, I will take you out from under the hardships of Egypt. The oppressor is on top, is very present. The second phrase is, I will rescue you from their labors. Here, as Leibovitz points out, the oppressor is only mentioned indirectly, their labors. And the oppression is no longer on top of the Israelites. The third phrase, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and through extraordinary chastisements doesn't mention the oppressor at all. Rather, it elaborates the means of redemption. Finally, the fourth phrase, I will take you to be my people, turns in a positive direction. While the first phrases were getting away from a bad situation, this final one is going toward relationship with God. This, teaches Leibovitz, is an articulation of the ultimate purpose of the other three redemptions. All liberatory processes also contain these different aspects that Leibovitz elaborates. There's a need to remove directly oppressive systems from off the back of the victims, like the hardships of Egypt, but do not think that that is sufficient because there are also less direct injustices and long-lingering, far-reaching impacts of oppressive systems. Those, too, need to be eliminated as part of liberation. What's more, emancipation also must include a process by which the oppressed group rebuilds its own strength and identity away from the oppression. That is, God's promise to redeem us, which does not mention the Egyptians at all. And this whole process must be more than a healing of wounds. True liberation includes turning toward creating something positive, pride, 
identity and love, flourishing of communities, not just surviving. These four components are not sequential, but are all necessary at all times and constantly feed one another's progress. We have explored three different teachings to help us understand our liberatory work through the Arba Lashonat Geula, the four languages of redemption. First, from Sforno, the recognition that liberation comes in stages, each necessary and important and also insufficient. Where do you find yourself in your personal liberation right now? When you look back, what accomplishments do you see? When you look forward, what are your goals? What about in movements for wider liberation that you are part of or care about? What historical progress are you grateful for? What futures still need to be attained? Second, Benno Jacob gave us language to recognize our emotional motivations for doing this work. Justice or outrage and injustice, mercy or sympathy, kinship and love. Which of these drivers for change are you feeling most at this moment in your personal and communal struggles? And we learn from the Chamalebovitz four different aspects of liberation struggles, which build on each other in parallel and cyclically, removing immediate harms, rooting out indirect and more hidden harms, healing internally as communities, and also flourishing with joy and love. Which of these components of liberation feel most salient for you in your own work right now? Which are you hungriest for? Before you answer these questions, I want to offer you one more expression of liberation's components to give you a few more terms to choose from. Michelle Alexander, a contemporary American civil rights lawyer, scholar, and activist, in her preface to the 10th anniversary edition of her book, The New Jim Crow, describes the way forward in a way that resonates with all we have learned. She writes, we must do what is required of all liberation struggles, educate ourselves and others, speak unpopular truths, provide support for those who have been harmed, and organize against the systems that seek to oppress, control, and divide us. We must demand reparations for current and past wrongs, open our hearts and minds to one another, and heal our communities as best we can. We must act with great courage as well as compassion and humility, for none of us has all the answers. We must make do with the lessons of history and carry forward the struggles of earlier generations, guided by a moral compass that honors the dignity and value of us all. May our personal and collective work for redemption be an inspired ongoing journey that is joyful and meaningful. May it ultimately bring us all closer together. Shabbat Shalom.